0: Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you are in the world today. My name is Herb. I'm an alcoholic. Welcome to our Big Book Workshop. This call is being recorded. Please join me in the set-aside prayer. God, please set aside everything that I think I know about myself, my brokenness, the 12 steps and you, for an open mind and a new experience of myself, my brokenness, the 12 steps, and especially you. Please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. We're at the final phase, actually, of the rocket launch. We looked at that stage one, which is That we need help and that there is help available, steps one through three. And that we are responsible, in fact, to do some pretty heavy lifting to identify, analyze, pray about, and talk about all the obstacles in us to that light that is in us. Oh, we're convinced that we have the light. But we're equally convinced that we have no effective relationship with the light because we have all of this mischief in our life. Steps four through seven identifies the mischief and the tool to begin to bring more light into the darkness to eliminate the darkness to diminish the darkness my creator i'm asking to be recreated in the seventh step and then we do some more inventory in the eighth step the third stage of the rocket launch to identify and remove the obstacles in us that are created by our unfortunate relationships with other people and the harm that we've done steps eight and nine We looked at step eight, making that list, doing that inventory, inventory of harms done. And I made it very clear, I hope, I'm gonna continue to make it very clear or attempt to make it very clear that step eight harms is not about my behavior. Please hear that. Step eight harms is not about what I did. We've looked at that in steps four and six. Step eight is an inventory, but not of what I did. It's an inventory of what was the negative impact of what I did on other people. If you can grasp that phrase, that direction, that concept, you'll have no trouble creating a list of harms. If you don't know specifically the negative impact of the behavior on other people, don't speculate. You can't read minds. You don't know what their emotions are. You don't know what their experience is of you in their lives. You might know because it's obvious, I borrowed $5,000 and I never paid it back. Well, I disadvantaged them financially of $5,000. Now that might be a burden or it might not be. You don't know exactly the implications. Did it deprive their family of food or did it deprive them of buying the car they wanted or the house they wanted or the, Education that they wanted to give their, I don't know. But neither do you, don't speculate. These are really good questions for you to ask in the nine step process. Step eight is making a list of the harm done. And I had suggested that you use three by five cards. that you put the name of the person on it, you put the behavior that you did, oh, you need to think about your behavior, absolutely. What did I do that created harm? But here's the sequence, what did I do to create harm? I'm identifying as that second piece of information, what did I do? The third piece of information is, well, what specifically was the harm? And if you don't know, I mean, really seriously, concretely, objectively, if you don't know, then you put a question mark. You pray about it, certainly. It may be that you ask other people if that's relevant. But the most important part of a nine-step amend, I believe, if you don't know how you harmed them, that you ask them. if you're sitting in front of them or on the telephone with them, two obvious ways of having a direct communication. Then you would say, gee, Ted, you've been in my life for 20 years. We've been friends off and on again, had some struggles. And I know I've been a real pain in the butt. Some of us due to my drinking, yes, I know that. But some of us just do because I'm a jerk um but I really don't know what the impact of my behavior is or has been on you would you like to talk to me about that notice how I just phrased that would you like to talk to me about that some of the people will say hell no let's let's let it go I I love you as as you are now your drinking has really been a blessing to everybody that knows you including me especially me Or he's saying, Yeah, I I really would. It's been like uh, awful to have been in your life, to have you in my life. And I would like to talk to you about it. So you get all, you have to be prepared for all kinds of reactions. The first piece of information is the name, the second piece of information is the behavior, the third piece of information is. What harm did I do specifically? And you saw the categories that I mentioned in the fourth column of the resentment inventory, physical, emotional, intellectual, financial, spiritual. Those are good categories. I think most of them came out of the 12 and 12. They're not in the big book uh, listed as a list, but they are in the 12 and 12 or in common sense. Not all of them will be an accurate response, but it's used as a checklist. And then to answer specifically, what was the harm, financial? Well, I borrowed a lot of money. No, give me a number. Well, I think it was around $5,000. Well, take it into meditation and spend some time on it. If it's 5,000, it's 5,000. But if it's 10,000, it's not 5,000. Well, I stole some money from my company because I cheated on my expense account and it was several years. How much? Oh gosh, I think it was thousand dollars. Well, get specific. What do you think it was on a weekly, monthly basis? And how many years was it? Do the math. Don't overestimate out of guilt and don't underestimate out of fear. Try to be objective. And then once you've completed the cards, asking and answering those three first questions, especially the one about the specific harm done, once you've completed that and we've reviewed it, I say to them, my sponsees, then then go ahead and be specific on that card with the fourth item, which is, and what do you think is the proportionate reparation? the commensurate repair certainly we need to think about the change in me that that requires i'm going to stop being a thief before i ever make amends i need to be very clear on the what i need to do to change and make a commitment to change i don't need to literally have made all the changes before i make the amends as part of the process of making amends, I think it changes me. But if in fact your history is one of infidelity, it would be ridiculous to go and express regret and do the amends if in fact you're going to continue the infidelity. You have to commit to stopping the behavior and have some traction in stopping the behavior before you ever go make the amend in everything. That would be a general operating principle. Made a list of all persons we had harmed and become willing to make amends to them all. So that's the last piece of information, the fifth item. And you can see it in the way of life document. And that is indicate whether you're willing or not. Three categories would probably be sufficient, very willing, somewhat willing, Or not willing at all and as i've said before do the once you begin doing the mm, nine step amends do the easy ones first the really simple ones maybe the ones closest to you the family or maybe that's the hardest in your way and the reason i recommend it that way from my personal experience is that in doing the easy ones you learn the vocabulary you learn the mouth movements you learn the hand movements you learn the body movements you learn the feelings the emotions that come up with it and it becomes progressively smoother as you practice and as you do the simple ones i do believe you get the grace to do the next less simple and then the next less simple and then the finally you're doing complex ones and then quite frankly, finally, you're doing the ones you thought you would never do because you're prepared for it. You found that there is such a benefit to the person of their healing and their freedom. And likewise, there's such a benefit to you and in, in your healing and your freedom that you're motivated then to complete all of them. I've never met anybody who didn't complete their amends this way that I'm talking about that truly was willing to and followed direction and did the prayer and continued being accountable. The key is prayer because I'm powerless, just like in step six and seven prayer because I'm powerless action because I'm responsible. Accountability because I'm human. I made the point that on page 76, the big book and bill says that we're willing to do this because we said so in the beginning in step three on page 58, willing to go to any length. And on page 58, it says, dash, we're ready to take certain steps. On page 76, he says, remember, it was at the beginning that we were willing to go to any length It's in italics for victory over our addiction. That first half of the first step, and on 79, as I pointed out, it's so important to understand the connection between step one and step nine. Step one is the beginning in which we see our life filled with addiction, powerless, and unmanageability, powerless. And on page 76 and 79, he tells us we're addressing that now. On page 76, the addiction and on page 79, reminding ourselves that we have decided to go to any length to find a spiritual experience, dealing with unmanageability. And on page 77, it gets us in terms of making sure we're very clear on the priorities here. Once again, this is not about us, it's about them. The turning that we made a commitment to in step three, made a decision to turn our will and our life over to the care of God as we understood God, shallowly usually in step three, as we're beginning this journey, much more impactfully as we're doing step nine, having had lots of experience now, But it's still not about us. We made a decision to turn our will and our life over to the care of God, be in alignment with God, to turn from our self-centeredness, unmanageability, the spiritual malady, to other-centeredness, the world of the spirit, that Bill talks about in step 10, after we finish step nine. Pages 83 and 84, pages 84 and 85 the promises on 83, 84, when we finish the ninth step and the ultimate promise on pages 84 and 85, we enter the world of the spirit because we're coming out of the world of self. We committed in step three to turn from that world of self and in accomplishing, progressing and finishing steps four through nine, we've literally been turned That's the spiritual awakening, our relationship with the spirit. And it says the consequences of that, at the end of step nine, it promises us as we enter step 10, as we enter the world of the spirit that we're placed in a position of neutrality. It's powerful. It's so clear. I'm quoting, I'm not paraphrasing. We are placed in a position of neutrality Hear the grace. It's not because we did the work that we get the promises, but somehow doing the work is a precondition for grace. We don't earn it. It's not a one plus one equals two. Don't ever get that idea because many of you like myself were given the gift of freedom from our addiction before we ever did any work or before we were through with the ninth step. And the book promises that progressively it might happen in step three, the promises on page 63 and the promises in step five on page 75. It indicates progressively it might happen, not guaranteed yet, but it might happen, pay attention. But pages 84 and 85, bring it to home and bring it to conclusion, it has happened. You are placed in a position of neutrality guaranteed when you finish the ninth step. But as I'm maybe more often than you want to hear from me, telling you what the big book says, we're not cured. As we enter the world of the spirit, Bill warns us, congratulations, you have finished the first nine steps. You have the gift of abstinence. Congratulations. Now you can't keep it. You cannot keep it based on that work. You can only keep it based on the coming work. Well, let's take a look at exactly what Bill says. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them This thought brings us to step 10. We commenced this way of living as we cleaned up the past. And then on the next page, he says, we're not cured of our unmanageability. We're not cured of our spiritual malady. And we have a daily reprieve contingent on 10, 11, and 12 on a daily basis. I keep saying it. I never get tired of saying it. The best kept secret in the rooms, most people are not clear on unmanageability and therefore are not clear on the reasons for steps 10, 11 and 12 as a daily reprieve because we're not cured. Unmanageability is the human condition. Bill says on page 77. Well, our, 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 uh, we're, we're trying to get our life in order. Our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. It's not about us. It's about them. My relationship with God and my helpfulness to the people around me. He Gives us lots of counsel in this material about attitude. We do the ninth step with tact and common sense. We have a better attitude about these people. We come to them with a helpful and forgiving spirit, expressing regret. That's the word I like to use. I'm on page 77. That's the word I like to use. I never, well, excuse me. I try never to, and I recommend we never use the word sorry. I'm sorry. Most everybody in our damage range has heard sorry too many times. But I regret, it's a great term. I really regret that. We're there to straighten out the past, to sweep off our side of the street, he says on step nine. We take a look at our part in the damage done. It may be that we've only contributed a part. It may be that we have the single responsibility. He talks about money on page 78, including criminal offenses and petty offenses, he calls the expense account. On page 79, he talks about infidelity. He talks about lack of paying alimony and child support, asking forgiveness in a letter, but he's so practical. If you send a letter to her, put some money in it. Nothing says sorry or regret more than paying some money for the debts that are outstanding. On page 80, he talks about gossip. He talks about harms that involve other people. I'll talk about that more specifically when we talk more specifically about step nine and the amends process itself. On page 80 and 81, he talks about infidelity. He has three, uh, three recommendations. If she doesn't know, in the stereotypical situation in 1939, when the man was the transgressor and the woman was the victim. He says, if she doesn't know, don't tell her. The ninth step is very clear. Let me read it. Made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. If she doesn't know and you tell her, it will definitely injure her. Now, he doesn't say anything in black and white and neither do I, but this is one of three recommendations. If she doesn't know, don't tell her. If she knows in a general way, his recommendation, admit in a general way. And then on page 82, if she knows specifically, he says, try to avoid the conversation. He says, "If, if frankness is the only, he said, then sit down and have a frank discussion, but he says, It may be well that both will decide the way of good sense and loving kindness is to let bygones be bygones. Again, I'll talk more about that next week when we talk in some detail about the specifics of making amends. Right now, I want to be general in terms of bringing step eight to conclusion and opening up the conversation on step nine. Step eight is the list in the inventory. Step nine is the action. It has two components. Step nine has two components, amend has two connotations. Amend, I commit to change. I'm going to mend and repair my behavior. The other connotation, number two, I'm going to amend and repair, bring justice, balance of the scale to the other people, the institutions or the people. There's a long period of reconstruction in the family and with friends. He says on page 83, a remorseful mumbling that we are sorry will not fill the bill. I don't make this stuff up. That's where I got my attitude toward I'm sorry. We ought to sit down with the family and frankly analyze the past as we now see it. Being careful not to criticize them. Their defects may be glaring, but the chances are that our own actions are partly responsible. So we clean house with the family, asking each morning in meditation, asking each morning prayer in meditation, guidance that our creator show us the way of patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love and here's where that off quoted phrase is the spiritual life is not a theory we have to live it it's in italics coming off of the phrase from the letter of james the letter that the oxford group used as one of their primary resources faith without works is dead and it was in this area that my own step guide gave me an interpretation of that in a different way and you've heard me say it maybe in a different context. Willingness without action is fantasy. Willingness without action is fantasy. Don't tell me you're willing. Tell me how your feet are moving. Are you knocking on the door? Are you writing the letter? Are you reimbursing the money? Then I know you're willing. You're not willing if you're sitting home thinking of praying about it. You're not willing if you're just fantasizing and talking about it. You're willing when in fact you're in action to address it. Our behavior will convince them more than our words. What about people we can't find It's a little more easy today than it was 30 years ago. We've got the internet today and social media, but let's say we can't find somebody. We'll talk about that. There's a creative way to finish amends for people you can't find. Well, what about people you shouldn't find? Because there are people that it would be better to let bygones be bygones, and that's a judgment call in prayer and with sponsored direction. I have a creative way of, I've approached it. I have finished my amends every time I've done this work four different times, four different times I have finished my amends within a year. It Didn't take years. What about dead people? I'll talk about that. We can make amends to dead people. What about living amends? I believe in living amends if by living amends you mean living changed a commitment to live changed i don't believe in living amends if in fact it's a substitute for direct amends or indirect amends for real confrontation and real humbling experience i think it's bs oh i'm just gonna pay the universe back because i'm a better person now and i don't drink yeah well that's garbage the whole purpose of this is to have a humbling experience. The deflation of the ego at depth. Well, the ninth step says it's not to hurt other people and I'm another. No, you're not. You're just a self-centered, egocentric, ignorant, alcoholic. Yeah, you know me, I'll talk like that. On occasion, I try to be kind. But I am direct. Because we, we and I'm in, that, I'm in that group, we cut ourselves a lot of slack. That's why I'm such a believer in accountability. A person who has experience, who loves me enough to tell me the truth. Because that's the only way that I'll be able to see the truth sometimes. Again, more attitude on page 83. We should be sensible, tactful, considerate, and humble without being servile or scraping. As God's people, we stand on our feet. We don't crawl before anyone. Normally, humility comes from humiliation. So I'm not trying to protect anybody from humiliation. I think it's absolutely part, of, part and parcel of the process, but not in the sense of uh, that, any type of a negative um, or Abusive sense. Uh, we have lots of examples, I do, and probably you do, that we'll be talking about over the next couple of weeks. Well, I, I give just a, a, an example of the nine step process, though, and it's indicated on page um, 37 in the Way of Life document. When I'm writing out my amends in a letter, or if I'm preparing to make my amends on the telephone or in person, I have a rhythm, kind of a dance, where uh, I've got the experience now. It comes out of the big book and the 12 and 12, but it mostly comes from my experience, the, the kind of four part rhythm that I'm suggesting. Number one is I described the harm and I gave an example of that a little bit earlier. And I think I might have said something like Ted, we've been friends for a long time. In some cases, I know what the harm is and, and uh, whatever it is, let's assume um, uh, we've been I we like with Bob, we've been coworkers for several years and I, I was pretty abusive and uh, unstable and um, insubordinate and created an awful lot of stress in your life as a colleague who had to deal with me and the collateral damage I caused in the work environment. And I really do regret that. I see that I own it now um, and uh, I can't change it. But is there anything that I could do to make it right with you? Sometimes I'll use the image of the uh, Lady Justice and the balancing the scale, depending on the environment. I try to be a little bit spontaneous, but I'm also very prepared. Sometimes I've even dress rehearsed with my sponsor, meaning my sponsor will play the role of Bob or my sponsor will play the role of uh, my wife and we'll have a dress rehearsal dialogue, maybe more than once. So that I can get used to the words and the feelings and the rhythm of it, uh, with with really significant amends, I really recommend that fathers, mothers, brothers, and sisters, especially uh, current partners or ex-partners, where there's a substantial relationship in the past or a, a current substantial relationship, I describe the harm then i ask a really hard question hard for me to ask and hard for me to then be silent is there any other harm that i caused you that i'm not aware of or that i haven't spoken of that you would like to speak of hear the way i phrase it please that you would like to speak of i'm not attempting as a therapist to drag something out of somebody. That's not my point. I I don't want to guilt them. I don't want to shame them. I don't want to have stress in this conversation. Is there anything that you would like to talk about that I have not talked about? Most people will want it over with. They're so uncomfortable, even people in a program, especially people in a program. But, almost everybody, they, they're really uncomfortable with this whole process and they just want it over with. And if there's something like with my daughters who both were in program, are in program, and they were 30 years ago. In fact, each of them are 30 years, one in AA and one in Eleanor When I was doing this work and I said to them, is there anything else that you would like to talk about that I brought negativity into your life? I did it on a separate one-on-one basis. I was there for two hours listening to them they're all both quite uh, articulate and um they told me how the cow ate the cabbage uh and it was but it was all done with love and with mostly and with uh, uh with reparation in mind then once once you've heard them out more about that probably later on um then I make the amends suggestion. Notice I don't tell them what I'm going to do. I say, this is what I suggest that, whatever it is that I've got that will balance the scale. I borrowed $5,000, I can pay you $50 a week. I pay you $50 a month. I have no money. Uh, I will pay you immediately. You'll be first on the priority list or here's a check for $5,000, whatever the, The book is very clear. We arrange the best deal that we can. I suggest the amends, And then I ask again, is there anything else I can do to right the wrongs to create balance in your life and in our relationship? In both cases where I ask the question, I go silent for a minute or two. It seems like a long time because silence is just deafening when you're in that kind of an intimate situation. And they're usually not prepared for it unless they've been in program or are are in program. Then they understand what's going on, but they're still uncomfortable with the silence especially. But I wait. I really do, I wait. Let them get their bearings. They weren't prepared for this. Let them have some thoughts. If they say something, I acknowledge it. I never defend. I never explain. I never give context, unless I'm asked for it. All right? But I just let them talk. I never argue. I never defend. And they may be dead wrong, but it doesn't make any difference. It is their position. It is their opinion. It is their, it it is my invitation for them to be released from whatever it is is holding them and then at the end i say if something comes up later on ever and you want to talk to me about it you have my permission and invitation to talk to me and the phone is hang up or the end of the conversation i've never been in an immense process other than with my family that took over 15 minutes We'll talk some specifics in the following weeks just to give a little sense of some of the 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 feel of it. And I would encourage you who have done some amends, whether they've worked or not, share your experience with us as to what did work and what didn't work by your definition of work and not, not working. All right.
1: So I have to thank you for depleting my A- ego in step four, and yeah. five, and six, and seven. Yeah. But guess what? It popped back up in eight.
0: Okay. In what way?
1: Because I made these. I I hurt this person, and damn it, I don't want to admit to it. So anyway, that that's not the point. I will admit to it, and I'm willing, and it will all work out because it worked out in four, five, six, and seven. But my question to you is. So I realized what I did, okay? I wrote that down and then I realized um, the negative impact that diminished the quality of the other person's life. So I have an idea of, of how, maybe how he feels but is that speculation? Yes. So how do I, you know, I'm, I, I'm sorry, I affect your peace of mind, what do I say? I'm not sorry. I regret. Well,
0: well, well, what's the harm done as you see it, as you think there might be? Okay. What would your be what was your behavior?
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, so
0: uh, I mean just give us sort of the highlights, not uh, you know, you don't have to dig down into the sewer.
1: No, it's um my ex-fiancé, I got really aggressive with him and I demanded that he pay a bill for me. And um and I felt you know learning I felt very entitled that he need to do that so my voice i was high pitched
0: all right so how did you uh, what was the harm done to him
1: i think that i affected his peace of mind i stressed him out and he became afraid of me and he asked me to leave
0: okay well those are pretty good signs that your estimate of his reaction is correct so you could estimate excuse me you could uh, mm, ask him. Number one, does he want to? T- if you if you reach out on the phone, which is what I recommend, you make an appointment, and be prepared to make the amend there. Because a lot of people, when I call and said, "This is Herb, and I we've had a struggle in our lives, and I would like to get together, buy you a cup of coffee, and and allow uh, us to have a conversation to uh, get it all out on the table." And uh, many times they said, I have no time for you. I have no interest in you. I don't like you, I never did like you. And I'm not one bit interested in spending any time with you. I said, well, could you spend another five minutes with me on the phone? And then I would go over it on the phone.
2: Okay.
0: So be prepared to say to him something about what you said here is my estimate of this is I was a sh- I- I- I was out of line and and shrill and too aggressive. Um, it appeared that it hurt you and that it gave you a lot of stress. Is there anything more that you would like to talk about uh, from in terms of the negative impact of this on me, on you, rather? Okay. And then, and then you listen. Now, it's highly likely he's going to say, no, that was, a, that was a while ago. Let's let it go. Is there anything else? And you're going to go, is there anything I can do to repair that damage or to um, to help you in, in, in a way that would be meaningful to you? Um, I just made it up right now spontaneously, so it would have to it would need to come from you spontaneous, you know. You have, you have to you have to sort of semi-mean it. <laughs> All
1: right, so what I now I want to get this off my chest. I want to feel better. Is that, you know,
0: it's like- That's I, I, a secondary motive. Okay. It's useful. I mean, I read it in the book on page 77, I think it was, right? Let me just read it now that you've asked the question. So you're paying maybe a little bit more attention as is everybody else. At the moment, we are trying to put our lives in order. That's what you said. But this is not an end in itself. Page 77. Our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. So it's more about them than it is about us, and it's about making me a nicer person so that I won't repeat this behavior and I can also clean this up and set this person free from whatever burden that was for them.
1: Okay, so I character assassinated this person is it but how did you harm? Him? That's
0: what you did. How did you harm him?
1: Oh, I told everybody what a jerk he was.
0: So what? Oh. That, yeah, that said more about you than anything.
1: Okay.
0: Right? Okay. No, did it? Did he lose a job? Did he lose a friend? Did he lose a reputation? Did anything bad happen to him as a result of your mouthing him? Bad mouthing him?
3: Um, yeah, something did happen.
0: Well, all right. So is that something that he's aware of?
1: Um, He is
0: now, unfortunately, I told him. Oh, okay. Um, I have two reactions to that. Number one, then you probably do need to discuss it to express your regret. If you have legitimate regret for it, he was harmed unnecessarily. But you also want to, this is the second thing, you want to check, what was your motive in doing that? Telling him.
1: Okay, I will think about that.
0: Yeah, well, you already know. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the recognition is kind of, oh, shit.
1: <laughs> and, well, you know, the whole thing is I want this whole time, I want him to feel so bad because he hurt me so bad. And only yeah. until I've done these all these steps in order do I realize my part yeah. and my motive was always to hurt him.
0: Yeah, yeah, right, right. And all now right. I don't so, want
1: to do that anymore.
0: And you don't have to tell them unless that would be as and it would be an assessment in the in the conversation whether that would be helpful for him to know that your motives were corrupt that I you know I, I was not a healthy person and I really intended to hurt you and I know I did and I so regret that I wouldn't do that today um I just apologize okay um, is there anything I can do to smooth it out Okay. Or, or whatever your language is
1: No, i understand
0: okay. yeah yeah
1: good. I, I just needed that clarity but
0: um yeah
1: yep. this, this has been great i i can't believe how big my ego was yeah. <laughs> lord have mercy
0: yeah 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 we get very distorted yeah yeah so,
1: thank you very very
0: much well th- see that was thank you it was probably very good for you but let me tell you it was very good for everybody else to get so concrete in the discussion because what we did is the details might be different for other people but we modeled how to get to it
1: and the emotional healing emotional healing it's hard how, you know how do you i mean you help me see how to approach it but yeah. when you emotionally harm, harm somebody it's difficult how do you, how do you apologize but I have I made some notes and I'm going to take yep. it to prayer. Yeah. And,
0: and uh, sponsor direction.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, And I don't think I've expressed that enough stressed that enough in our conversation certainly today I haven't hardly mentioned it. Sponsor direction. If the sponsor has experience with amends generally and the specific amends that you're talking about please no academics here. We want people who literally understand it, but also who have hands-on experience with it. The man, I think I've mentioned this one because it's so concrete. The man who took me through the steps had had an experience of infidelity, had the same kind of family values that I had and wanted to have, and was able to reconcile with his partner, with his wife. So when he gave me, specific directions on how to deal with all of my mess. It was coming from actual hands-on experience and I'll talk about that next week. Um, And so make sure that the people that you're getting advice from, direction from with regard to the ninth step, eight step sure absolutely very important but with the ninth step critically important that they have not only the knowledge but the actual experience. I send people to accountants. I send people to lawyers. I send people to psychologists and psychiatrists. I send people to insurance adjusters because I don't have any experience in any of those professional areas. And many times it's necessary for people to get that kind of concrete information. These are all people in, a pro, in the program.
2: So do you have to wait until your resentment feeling is gone
0: no the answer is no
2: okay
0: yeah Good. Uh, but use common sense there too you don't you don't go there with a gun loaded all right so make sure that your resentment is at a place where it's able to be contained otherwise in a spontaneous conversation you could you know you could lose it
2: okay that's good advice
0: yeah yeah and
2: and then I had one more question. Um, in another 12 step group, they go through the steps very quickly. Yes. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on this because they want people to receive recovery. Yeah, And their idea of doing the eighth and ninth is kind of the least said the less mended. And so they say, oh, that kind no, of just,
0: that's okay, something wrong. I won't even okay. I won't even dignify that with a long answer.
2: <laughs> well, let me let me dig a little bit deeper. They basically say you can say, you know, I was selfish in this in our relationship. I've hurt you. Um, and then kind of go into what you do without sharing the details because their take okay. is
0: Oh, I, I agree with that part. The details okay. are not necessarily important from your part. If the person to whom you're making amends wants to talk about details you have to predetermine how long you're gonna sit there and listen. So when I was with my daughters, I knew that they're very articulate women and very energized emotionally. I set, uh, I set my own standard, I didn't tell them. I set my own standard. I will sit there for two hours and listen. But if it went okay. longer than that, I would say, okay, we've spent enough time now, if you have stuff that you you think you want to say more that comes up later on we can we can schedule another time together so pre pre in your own mind am i going to sit there and take it for five minutes or 15 minutes especially mothers and children children can be quite abusive and take advantage of the parent so determine you're not the you're not the vomitorium okay yeah. And so
2: if you do just say, I was selfish in our in our friendship, then I can go walk through the other steps that you said, like, how else did this impact you and what can I, I, I do to make it right? Wonderful way and to if, that, let them, if they yeah. want to bring up the details, they'll do it.
0: Exactly. I think that's a wonderful way to do it. And I'm so glad that you brought it up because you're not pr- planting seeds in them that weren't there when you give them the kind of the general introduction no i like that a lot
2: okay great great i just wanted to
0: address what you said earlier i am a firm believer in going through the steps fast in the beginning there's a a guy who does the steps in a weekend or even in a day wally p back as a back to basics wonderful work but it's about that deep people who do uh the steps in a weekend I hope they never believe they've actually done the steps they had an yeah. introduction to them see what i mean so uh, yes get into exactly. and go steps one through 12 okay. as fast as you can so that yeah. you get some traction and then progressively unpack them and go deeper as you're invited to do that
4: see i got sober and Nin- 1991, and my wife divorced me one year after I was sober. All right. so at the time, my kids were three and five years old, and um, they don't really remember anything really much about any of that, oh, right. we've had a, a really good life together. I mean, I raised my kids, you know, they had, we had a shared parenting thing, and they're both in their 30s now. We have great relationships. But I have in doing this this work I you know it's just like in my spirit that I need to go to my kids yes. and, you know ask them you know what the yes. negative impact is And yes. at first I thought maybe it was just guilt feelings that I was having and that, that maybe didn't apply here but after hearing you speak about what your daughter said tonight yes. I kind of I'd like a little direction on that
0: well, I, I think your instincts are really good. There's no downside to sitting with them. Uh, you've said already that you have a good relationship with them. Uh, don't have a preconceived idea that anything substantive is going to happen. Because mm-hmm. it may not. There may not be any anything that they need to deal with. And then, but you give them the opportunity separately. Yes. Not together, one-on-one. Right. And, um and just say exactly the way you just introduced it okay no we i had a difficulty with addiction your mother and i decided the best was to separate um i hope i uh, have been a, I, I wanted to be a, re, a responsible father and and parent we tried to do the best we could with it could you tell me any of the negative impact of me being in your life and the divorce and awkwardness perhaps of the arrangement had on you that you would like to talk about
4: okay that's good you know one thing uh, i'm not real clear on herb and this this all kind of ties together here you know, you know, I've been sober for quite a few years and I've worked with right. steps and I've made amends to the best of my ability at times in my life. Yeah. Probably about 10 years ago, I was with my son. Um, he's he's a military guy that does a lot of traveling. We were together down in Georgia and we were having a conversation about something. And, you know, it was just a casual conversation, but I, I, I forget how it came up, but I asked him you know, as gently as I could, if he had any memory of anything where I had injured him in his life, yeah. said anything to him that set him back, and, you know, his response was absolutely not dad, you know, not in any way, shape or form. Yeah. We talked about it for a little bit, and that was that. But see, my thing, Herb, is that, you know, this is a new experience for me now, and I don't really want to go back and pull things up with people that I've talked to already, just so that I can, you know, do that to make myself feel clear on things. So, I mean, what do you think on that?
0: Oh, see, that's a question I should have asked, and that was, had you ever made amends to them before? And you did, you say, uh, probably 10 years ago, yeah. made sense in that sense, a spontaneous opportunity there. Uh, and you got clean and clear at that point. Yes. Well, what about the last 10 years?
4: Uh, yeah, well, I, I really can't, yeah, I can't think of anything negative in our life over the last 10 years now.
0: Why don't you say that? You know, 10 years ago, we had this conversation. Okay. Uh, I've, I've been doing some recent work and I'm looking back over the next two, 10 years, the last 10 years. Is there anything that we need to talk about that you would like to talk about? Boom.
4: Okay, very good.
0: Yeah, you don't have anything in your agenda. He probably doesn't either. But at least you're doing a radar sweep. Yes.
4: Okay, that's really good advice, Herb. And then uh, the uh, another question I have is, uh, what about like, you know, like I've made amends to people in my life, I made amends to the best of my ability with my what the time we were married, um, and, you know, we got divorced after that, and I mean, do you, is it necessary to go back and make that emancipate? No. Okay.
0: Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, thank you.
4: Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I feel a whole lot better now.
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, let me take a look at that scar and open it up again. Exactly. <laughs> do you bleed the same now as you did then? <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no no well, thank you very unless, much. unless unless somebody in that and you don't you don't seem to be in this category unless somebody's on this call and they're going wow well, i did make amends yeah i was as thorough as i could at the time but i did not understand any of this and by 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 this standard that was a pitiful amends you might want to challenge it. You might want to say, oh, maybe there is something that needs to be done in some light touch way. Right. I am not suggesting it. I'm just, I'm just saying, it's not black and white. Just because you made amends doesn't mean that you made amends.
4: Right, right.
0: What I did that first time, uh, I made amends in 1984 when I first got sober with no direction, all I did was, I'm so sorry. Right. Oh, I'm so sorry. Right. Oh, I am so sorry. And it was like, oh, my God, what a sorry, pitiful amends process that was. I had to completely redo it. And mm-hmm. there were one or two people said, well, you back again. Mm-hmm. But I had to deal with it because I was so much more conscious of the impact of my behavior and the promises of amends made properly right yeah
4: well you know and i look at it like this too herb you know like with my ex-wife for instance you know of course my kids were three and five at the time and they're in their mid-30s now so we've had really a whole life together we you know there's been support so it
0: sounds very smooth yeah.
4: yeah and that's why i mean you know one of the things that um I look at, it, you know, there are and I've learned this too, Herb, is that you can make an amends to someone and, and do everything you can, but in some people's eyes, you you know, you're gonna be the scapegoat. You're gonna get it forever. Oh yeah. So but that's just the way it is.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, yep. When I made my first amends to Bob, the fellow from my resentment inventory, the coworker that tried to get me fired. Um he, um, at the end of the amends, he sat there. He says, wow, this has to have been really hard for you to sit in front of me and, uh, and humble yourself this way. And I said, yeah, it really is, but I was really a jerk. And he says, yeah, you really were. And uh, I said, is there anything else that you uh, would want from me to uh, balance this scale? And he said, no, he says, I'm, I'm glad that you left the company. And if I had to do it over again, I'd do it again thank you bob goodbye (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but the good news is that uh we were still in the same business so when we went to industry functions i would see him that's why i asked the question I would see him, and I was free. There was no negative energy, and actually, he was a bit free, kind of sheepish. Actually, though, he was he was like intimidated in my presence, which wasn't what I wanted. But at least I was clean. I could walk in there, and we had had the conversation. You know what I mean?
4: Yeah, I do. And that's the way it's supposed to be, rather than hiding underneath a rock and being exactly angry. exactly.
0: Thank you, Herb. Thank you very much.
5: Uh, Do you have to tell the person that you are making amends to that you're an alcoholic, compulsive eater, etc. Instead, can you just say you are doing a spiritual workshop where you're learning to take responsibility or you've hurt people and go from there?
0: You know, it's a wonderful question and I'm so glad that she uh, took the initiative to ask it. And um, the big book suggests two things, that you tell them that you're an alcoholic and that you be careful about telling them whether you're on the spiritual path or not. Um, I don't do either. I don't want to make myself look good. I don't want to cut myself any slack. I do not tell them I'm in a 12 step program and I'm an alcoholic and I need to make amends bob the guy who tried to get me fired if i had said that he said all you're doing is making yourself feel good all you're doing is protecting yourself against your alcohol he says i hope you drink again and die i know he would have said that all right so i don't tell them i'm an addict i don't tell them I'm an alcoholic i don't tell them in a 12-step program and i certainly don't tell them on a spiritual path i do say I've been looking at my life over this last year and trying to get a sense of where I've impacted people negatively. You came up in that inventory that I'm using of myself, and da 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 da. So I do not use alcohol or addiction. I do not use 12 step, and I do not use the spiritual um, vocabulary. I have no problem with people who do and if in fact the conversation goes in that direction many people said oh are you in one of those 12-step programs and doing one of those nine-step or or amends processes i immediately will engage in a conversation about that i'm i'm not hiding it i just don't lead with it because i don't want to cut me any slack it's a great i'm so glad that you brought that thank you so much keep in mind there's no harm just because you have a resentment.
4: Okay.
0: Just because they're on the resentment list doesn't mean that there was harm. Okay. And and just because they're not on your resentment list doesn't mean that you didn't harm them. I harmed lots of people that never made my inventory because I was dishonest and I stole from them. I had no feelings about it. I just stole from them. And that's why I added the dishonesty component to the closure to the step forward from my own personal experience it's not in the big book that way but it is from my own personal experience but be very clear there's a there's a lot of um i think misinformation in the rooms where they connect resentment to harm done it's not necessarily true okay well, I mean, from your own experience, you, makes... you take, take a look at the people that you had resentments to, did you actually objectively harm all of them? No, of course not. Nope. No. I don't, yeah, yep, exactly. So that's why the question in the H-step is so important. And my step guide really drilled it into me. What's the harm herb? and what I was able to see in 40 percent of the cases there was no harm. I had guilt and shame. I had guilt. I had shame. There was no harm, objective harm done. so it was not my it was not their problem. it was my problem. And yeah. guilt
6: is not harm
0: my
5: guilt is not harm to them.
0: Exactly. No, 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 it's your problem.
3: Thinking about that, where have I caused the harm? And have a lot of questions about that. And you've answered a lot of them tonight. Uh, Thank you for that. And um, it's just sometimes very difficult, without guessing, I guess, whether I've had caused harm or not.
0: Well, and in fact, I think it's appropriate to kind of guess or as I said estimate, but in the but if it's uh, if it's substantial, it's worthwhile bothering people about it. If it's minuscule, if it's a mosquito, don't don't take up people's time with it just because you're curious or you want to feel good about yourself. That's not a good reason. But if it's got substance to it and you just don't know, call them and ask them. And be prepared to make the amend right there if they want to see you. That's a bonus. But it's not necessary for us to sit across even on a zoom screen. It's so it's wonderful on the the telephone is very effective way of communicating and amend. Number one, deficiency of not abusing people's time. Plus, it's a bit um incognito, anonymous, and they right. feel yeah, and they feel so much easier on the telephone rather than face to face, even on a zoom, let alone sitting across from each other. Oh, my God, it's intimidating.
3: And so sometimes I and I wonder, too, whether it is uh, if I think I need to make an amends to make me feel better. Am I just projecting that that I need to make an amends?
0: The great question. I don't I mean, and the answer will depend on the exact circumstances. And it may be that you have mixed motives. That, in fact, I will feel better, I know I'll feel better, but that's not my overriding. I really want to bring this to them so that they can talk about it and or heal about it if, in fact, they choose to. So, yes, mixed motives, of course. I mean, obviously, we're always aware that we're doing this for our own emotional and spiritual development. Right. Right underneath the underneath the underneath it's all about us anyway right
3: and uh, and that brings me to the my next question is uh you know we talk about doing um doing work uh, um, you know helping others um i was going through you know uh, because i had uh, someone call me and they were talking about uh, sponsorship and um and doing work and so sometimes i'm thinking okay how do I know if it's really a a good work or whether it's people pleasing?
0: Oh, well, that's where your sponsor will come in. It's very important for you to talk to your sponsor about that because you're the last person that can make an objective evaluation about that. Because you're the subject and your codependency will get in the way every time. And you won't be able to see it. Okay. Yeah, an experienced sponsor will help you ask yourself the right questions, and then help you navigate it. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
3: Okay. Good.
0: But it's a it's a question that we all need to ask ourselves. What's our underneath motive for doing it? Now, as as I've said before, mixed motives are just part of human nature, and we just want to see what the priorities are. Yeah.
6: Yeah. Right. Wonderful. Thanks. Right. Uh, what I wanted to know is, do I have to share it with both sponsors or do I share it with one sponsor?
0: What do you want, uh, do, what do you what want to do?
6: I'm really comfortable with my AA sponsor. She's not my food sponsor, but she knows me. and so that's it i don't but i'm embarrassed not to say well i'll share it with you too and there you go
0: well that's your problem and uh, yeah
6: right away (laughs) (laughs) honesty well it's not about
0: honesty it's not about honesty there i don't believe that it might be that's the issue um you have an expectation that your food sponsor has an expectation and you don't want to disappoint her in her expectation
6: right but i also um i know I, I gave her grief i was telling her her plate, her, her things were not right it was you know i was and she every time and i used it as an excuse well um i at least i saw it to, after doing my whole fourth step as making excuses and trying to make it sound okay
0: Well, that's exactly That's my
6: pattern.
0: Yeah, that's that's exactly what you're trying to do. I mean, what? they your food sponsor probably doesn't care. I mean, she'd probably not. She'd probably rather not use her time that way, quite frankly, but it doesn't matter what she wants or thinks or feels. It's your life. It's your decision. If you want to share your step with your <clears throat> aA sponsor that that's i mean absolutely clearly your choice and um your decision and you don't need to even explain it you do not need to explain your behavior to anybody yes
6: that's something new I have to learn.
0: Well, I um, think it's something new that lots of people have to learn. So you're not alone there. Yeah, exactly.
6: Yeah. Well, I have to say that this has been, and is, continues to be an amazing experience for me after being in OA for 40 years. Right. And um, the idea, the honesty has hit me in such a way of how it has impacted my life throughout my life with my children, with, you know, my choices. Um, and it, it just feels really good. I, I even um, am catching myself in, uh, my sponsor said to me, before you go make any I make sure you run anything by me, even in apology. And, I, and I'll and i give you an example if you want. Sure. Uh, I went to uh, apologize yesterday. This is just happened. I was on the phone call, but I, ha- I had to be at my sister's because I had promised I would make dinner. So try, so here I thought I was doing the right thing. I plugged you into my hearing aids and I sat at the table and they were like screaming at me, Why aren't you answering? And I didn't, you know, I apologized. I was like, eh, You know, and this morning I woke up and I thought, Oh my God, how rude. You were trying to do two things at once and you screwed up both. <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: really, exactly, exactly, and you're smiling and laughing about it now, uh, in the sense that you could see the ridiculousness of it. So you learn from it.
6: I so I called, I sent my sponsor a note, and I said, "Here's my apology." And what I basically said was, "I apologize for not being totally present, but you guys." are my priority being you know with you and she sends me back a note she says where is the honesty (laughs) so she made me rewrite it and basically she said to me these are the things you can't do you've gotta have honesty she said maybe you could say i screwed up my priorities and i apologize it was so it was like what an amazing way to be <laughs> and i made two phone calls and i made my apologies yeah. but it but because of the way you've been dealing with everything and everybody sharing it you know knowing i'm not a mistake like okay i can fuck up and you know but i can correct it and it just it has been very freeing. Um not totally, but freeing.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Wonderful. No, that's a great ex- example of discerning, experiencing, experimenting, making a mistake, correcting your mistake, and even correcting your correcting of your mistake because you were right. to make another mistake.
6: <laughs> right. Right.
0: Uh, anyway. Right that's great that's great thank you and maintaining a sense of humor about it number one and number two you held yourself accountable every step of the way which is just great
7: i need help <laughs> so it's with my brother who's deceased and he um less me when i was little and um i held this oh against them for years and years and I'm really ready to let it go. I read somewhere.
0: Excuse me, excuse me, you held what?
7: I held it against them all these years.
0: You had a resentment.
7: Yeah, yeah, and I have done a resentment.
0: But wait, on... wait, 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 you're saying you're doing your eight step. Yeah. Your eight step's not about resentment.
7: Okay, so I'm, okay, I'll start over. I'm doing my brother, and he had me. So it makes it a little difficult for me to try and figure it out. So wait, uh, wait,
0: wait, wait, wait. What figure out what? The eight step is about harm. Yeah. How did you harm him?
7: Right. So it's it what's difficult is it has like I've got my card done, but it's difficult for me to like thinking about how it like I wasn't able to let go of that when I wait,
0: like, wait, so- wait, wait. You're you're not hearing me.
5: Okay.
0: You have a resentment toward your brother and you say you have your card done. Your card on the eight step? Yes. I don't hear any harm yet. What's the harm?
7: Okay, here we go. Um, I put him down to mom and my kids
0: well, all right that's 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 a good start okay what wait wait what you did but that's not the harm what's the harm
7: rude to him strongly disliked him
0: that's what you did what's the harm
7: Character assassination.
0: That's what you did, what's the harm? What you did is interesting, wait. What you did is interesting, but irrelevant. Well, how did you diminish his life? How was his life impacted by you?
7: Well, I, I made it difficult.
0: Wait. You're talking about you. I want you to talk about him. How, how did his life be impacted by your presence in it? Get into his head, get into his heart, get into his soul. How was he perceiving and impacted by you?
7: well if he were to say something to me he would say you treated me rudely you treated me unkindly you-
0: that's all. wait wait i would be correcting him all he's doing is taking your inventory you're very good at taking your inventory but you have not taken uh, an inventory of how you impacted him negatively what was the why would he care if you think nasty thoughts and if you talk shit about him? Why would he even care? It's kind of like, yeah, she's a crazy woman. Okay. Did he lose any money? Did he lose any sleep? Did it create stress in his life?
7: Yeah, I'm sure it did. Crazy. Well,
0: how are you, wait, 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 wait. How are you sure?
7: He's talked to my mom about it.
0: Ah, now we're getting someplace. What did he say to your mother?
7: I don't know. She's hard on me. She's rude. She's not nice to me.
0: Okay, okay. So there's some evidence that he was negatively impacted. He felt badly. He felt stress. He felt disenchanted disenfranchised from me you see what i'm saying
7: okay yeah
0: this isn't about you you do have to look at your behavior but that's the second piece of information the third piece of information is how did you impact him all right you're getting there now so what else did he say to your mother that was relevant to how he received your behavior.
7: Well, that I was rude to him, very unfair.
0: Yeah, no, no, you're you're just repeating yourself now.
7: Okay, I'm having
5: troubles. (laughs)
0: No, you're not, no, 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 this is classic. That's why I'm doing it with you. All right, it's a great model for everybody to challenge themselves. This Mm -hmm. is not about you or your behavior. Yeah, it's about the impact on him. And so okay, he had some stress in his life, he had some maybe some bitterness in his life. He felt he felt some um, abandoned by you or rejected by you, which was isolating for him. Yep, okay. Th- those are harms. All right. Anything else major? Because I mean, I see that as an emotional harm, yes.
7: Uh, yeah i can i guess i can take my inventory again I yes,
0: guess- that's what you're attempting to do right i can hear it yeah yeah but that's not that's not the point i mean yeah yeah yeah. you feel badly about it that's your problem we're talking about his problem okay so and this one uh, so now he he's deceased yes right. all right so okay so you got a sense that okay yep uh, he felt uh, ab- like an abused brother because he was mm-hmm. all right he was a he felt abused and stressed over it okay now what what's your amend well, my amend I didn't write that
7: down
0: that's the that's the fourth component and that's the most important component so.
7: My amend would be to, you mean the words that I would say?
0: Um, Well, why do you even want to say any words? I mean, what's the amend that you think is appropriate here?
7: My amend is that I set him free and set myself free so that I don't kind of keep him under my thumb so that I don't keep myself under my thumb and nor does he keep me under his thumb. So that would basically... And
0: so, how, all right, excellent. That's a wonderful sort of uh, overall vision of it. Great, that's a really good start. And so what would you do?
7: Yeah, I'm trying to think, like you mentioned about grave site. I don't have a great site nearby. I would um, basically talk with him and say, I, I was rude, I was um, unkind, I was uncaring. I, um, you know i was you know yep yep, yep, yep and i wasn't there for you in any way and um i am wanting to i forgive you and i ask your forgiveness
0: why, why are you forgiving him
7: <laughs> yeah let's take that one out i ask for your forgiveness i won't
0: yeah wonderful wonderful what does forgiveness mean
7: to let go of the chain to let go of what's keeping me well what's kind of keeping him attached to me um basically to let go of these chains
0: yeah yeah i i regret i cannot change it but i really regret and the, I haven't talked specifically yet about the ninth step, but I will this coming week. Um, and what I did was I went to the, um, so is, is he buried locally? No. No, so mm, my recommendation is what was recommended to me. Go to a local cemetery. Oh,
8: okay.
0: Yeah, go physically to a local cemetery and go in there, pick a grave, any one you want. And if, if it had a little bench or a chair or you bring your own chair, that would be great. Or a, I sat on the knoll of a hill next to a, a plot and I had a pad and paper and I wrote the letter that if he were alive, my father, I would have written and sent to him. Expressing all of that regret in free form, just allowing it to flow out as if he were present. I, I prayed for his presence, for the spirit to be present. And then I wrote the letter. Then I read it out loud. Do not miss that. It's a very powerful, ritual at least it was for me write it out spontaneously when you're there don't write it out beforehand write it out when you're there then read it out as if he were there and you're reading it to him or saying it to him and the way mine uh, uh ended and the way i recommend people end their ninth step is asking What is your suggestion, any additional suggestions, how I might make this right? And you listen. Mm. And I heard very distinctly the voice say, take care of your mother. Mm. It was very powerful. My mother was alive at the time and i'll talk more about that next week but i you know you're, you're you're you've got it now you've got the feel of it now and um i think you'll go through it and then uh, give us the feedback as to what your experience is once you've completed it mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. right
7: yeah i i just um and Mary, like when he died, I was that his bedside table and like bedside. Mm-hmm. And and I feel that I did the right thing. It was kind of a, a living amend in a way. Uh,
0: what uh, gives I you that wait, end. wait, wait. What what gives you that feeling? I'd like to know a little bit more about that.
7: Oh, so he had said to mom that that I was was kind and he was surprised
0: that I was there for him. No good wonderful wonderful yeah
7: okay i shall do this and so in the letter it's kind of all what we talked about in regard. It's like to keep my behavior or this is in the letter i'll be describing my own behavior what i did the things that i said here
0: and you could yes and you could speculate as to what the possible impact might have been on him sure okay okay Great. Yeah, yeah, wonderful, good.
7: Yeah, very hard. Thank you.
0: <laughs> well, it, it is and it isn't, because I hear you have this wonderful willingness, and fortunately, you're very fortunate that you were at his bedside in that you know that there was some sense of reconciliation at that point. Not not everybody has that.
6: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
7: Yeah, I am grateful I
0: did, thankful I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Thank Th- you. Thanks very much. Sharon. And one of the key things I think I've mentioned is um, that you have a plan with regard to finishing your steps, meaning the ninth step, a plan, a specific blueprint. If you're finishing up your fourth step, What's the time frame on that if you're finished with your experience with the fifth step, I'm assuming that you take care of six and seven fairly uh, you know, without a whole lot of time and effort um, two or three hours as I've mentioned would would be sufficient from my standpoint to finish your seventh step because it's really about a list of character defects and a prayer, and then to pursue, if in fact you have character defects that you want removed, begin praying specifically for their removal and have a schedule, sort of a general schedule anyway, as to the prayer practice that you're going to pursue for the next weeks, months or years. I mean, literally it might take years for you to pray specifically for your improvement in specific areas and then um, a specific plan for the finishing of your eight steps so that you have a roadmap for doing your ninth step and my suggestion is that you be really clear with a sponsor in accountability specifically for the completion of your ninth step and whether or not you can find people is not really relevant. Have a plan that is very practical and specific for finishing your ninth step and don't make it over years, make it over months at the maximum so that within a year of finishing your 8-step list, you're finishing your ninth step. There may be things that hang over the edge. If you really want to go to Europe to talk to somebody about and on a direct amend, that's great. But maybe there's something that you can do in preparation for that in between now and a year or a year and a half from now, when in fact you can afford to, or from a time and money standpoint, go to Europe. So I'm saying have a very practical plan to at least get the initial work done on finishing your ninth step so that you don't take more than a year to do that. I was able to finish all of my nine steps within oh probably anywhere from three months to nine months i don't think anything went as far as long as a year
5: it's been worrying me how to open the conversation yep. when we go to do the yes. the amends yep. i've got i read i wrote about five and they're not all none of them are good um yep. i i was gonna say i have been working on my On the 12-step recovery program and and this is a one of the steps and i wanted to know if i could have some time with you and if my behavior has caused you harm but that sounds so awful i had another one i've been looking at myself and asking people where i've impacted your life negatively like that doesn't sound very good either so i just if you could go over it again
0: please well i don't know what you mean by it doesn't sound very good what what is it that you're looking for
5: how to how approach someone no, I'm
0: looking them? for i know what you're looking for but what what is it that you're looking for to make it sound good
5: well, I was thinking I would say that I was in a twelve step program and this is one of the steps and this is what you're I'm
0: welcome to do I'm wanting that. to Wilson, do. Bill Wilson suggests oh. that you you do that in the big book. He says we you know, tell them that you're uh you know you're you're an alcoholic or you're an addict of some kind, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and that you won't get mm-hmm. over it unless you do this. I personally don't do that. I, I think it's attempting to make you look fairly good or like you're a really good person working on yourself it's kind of like no i don't i personally don't like that i i don't use Mm -hmm. the words that i'm in a spiritual program what i do use is that second approach that you talked about and that is i've been looking at my life to evaluate uh my impact on other people and If you have some time, I would very much like to get together to talk to you about some of the things I've been thinking about. Now, you could say the negative part if you wanted to. I I do. I say, uh, I've been looking at my life to evaluate where I have negatively impacted people so that I can attempt to make it right. And um, your name? is on my list and if you have some time, I would love to spend 15 minutes with you to have that conversation. Over half of them said, no, I don't have the time. Underneath that was quite frankly, they didn't say it. Most of them did not say it, but underneath it was, I I don't have any interest in spending any time with you. You know, that's just the truth of it. And so I was ready to do it right there on the telephone. Be prepared to do it on the telephone if in fact they don't wanna see you. But also don't shove it down their throat if they in fact don't wanna have the conversation, do the best you can and then maybe that will be enough and you talk about that with your sponsor or maybe you send them a letter. Now they don't have to Mm -hmm. open it, they don't have to read it but at least you're bringing it to some conclusion. I'm not saying that you do that. I'm saying that there's all kinds of varieties of ways of bringing this amend process to conclusion, and that's where an experienced sponsor will guide you.
5: Okay, yeah. Well, I'm thinking specifically of you know my my two daughters, definitely, and they may say, "Oh no, it's fine, it's fine." But, yeah, I know it's like I not fine not being codependent like i am like you know so i don't know what i'll do then um i could maybe give an example and say "Mm -hmm.
0: you don't Mm -hmm. you don't force yourself on them again uh uh, and maybe maybe daughters like that are not really interested Mm -hmm. in spending the time to talk about their past or Maybe they're actually so uncomfortable with talking about it. They they go, Mom, you're just fine. Thank you for whatever it is you are in your program, mm-hmm. and let's mm-hmm. all bygones be bygones. Quite frankly, do do what do it what they ask you. Don't try to say no, no, honey. I need to talk to you. You need to understand. No, no, they don't I see
5: myself doing that.
0: Yeah. No, no, they don't need yeah. to understand. No, no, they don't need to listen to you you're you're talking about your needs not their needs
5: i know i know yeah and the big thing too is is this living amends i mean i think they've heard me say oh i shouldn't have done that and what do i do i've done it again do you know what i mean that's the living (laughs) image that's that's the other thing i gotta really be cognizant of too
0: changed yes Mm -hmm.
5: yes yeah Mm -hmm. anyway thanks then
0: no that's you that's probably uh the a uh, helpful conversation for everybody because they're going to face that kind of thing resistance or people who don't want to spend the time or people who are really uncomfortable and the last thing we do is make them uncomfortable yeah
5: mm-hmm. that's good and i mm-hmm. i will say what just to tell everybody here that i last year i did a a quick amends on a phone call and and i was a listener in your program and it didn't go as well as i wanted i want to just tell people that definitely i'll never do that again to take the steps of doing the card rehearse it, especially significant people because you might just get the one shot
7: That's, oh and yeah
5: you don't want to miss that chance and you don't want to blow it and, right. and yeah it, it has to be nuanced and and yep. even be I almost plan plan A, B, and C, you know, if they say this, I might say this, you know what i mean? Or if they reject me, I'll, okay. You know, just like what you said with the kids. Yeah.
0: That's right, Uh, Mm -hmm. dress rehearse the scenarios in your mind to some extent, Leave, leave lots of room for the spirit and spontaneity.
5: Yes, yes, but. Definitely be prepared, even though it felt like, oh, I, this is the time I got to say it. It wasn't, I would have had chances again. Do you know what i mean? And then if, yeah. the next time if I went to do it, it would have been, what, you know? Yeah. And then it wouldn't, it would have come out way better though, if you know, I don't know what
0: yeah. to
5: say, but anyway, I'm just. Yeah. So
0: that's, All right. I learned my lesson. Well, keep in mind, yeah. the point of it is not to make you feel better. The point of it is for them to feel better.
5: Oh yeah that's another really good point (laughs) yeah absolutely good thank you
0: all right thanks
9: i want to talk to you about something uh an eighth step as well um and i'm feeling a great deal of shame about it but i want to i want to um do it and it's it's certainly a different way than i've ever done in amends before the way that you have spelled it out um, what I would normally do is I would add up what the, what the, um, the numerical loss is, and that's what the amends I would make. But th- it would, that would not take care of what the harm is, exactly. But in this situation, I was a nurse, a public health nurse, and I had a whole caseload of clients. And I had a, a couple of uh, little old ladies that I took care of probably for a decade. And they had a, a set of silver, and they asked me if I would be interested in it, not to, to be given it, but as to, to, for, to buy it from them. And I had no idea, I was in my 20s, what something like that would be of value. So I took it and got it appraised, and it was, you know, way out of my, out of my uh, price range. So I ended up keeping a couple of the spoons, and I did not remember that I even had those until about one Thanksgiving ago when I was setting the table and I have, you know, flatware and I saw them and it just, mm. you know, really made me feel horrible. Um, and so what the harm I did for certain that I know, I mean, I'm going to write them a letter. I think that's a tremendous idea of going to a local grave site. I live across the country, so I couldn't do it, um, you know, where they died. Right. But I do that. Um, But certainly it was a loss of money for them. Um, I don't know how much, because it's not part of the set. It was like an extra couple of spoons that are, I think like for making uh, some kind of uh, Sundays or something. Sure. Um, I don't know that they would be, um, I, I don't know what the value would be. I have no idea, but I will find out. Uh, now, now, my question is: Would I add uh, for those? It's probably been thirty-five years ago. Would I add the interest of no. what that would? No. No. Okay. No. All right. That's that was kind of my question.
0: Yeah. Um,
9: all right. Um, so, what
0: what is it that you're planning on doing?
9: Well, what I'm going to do is take them again at this point and find out what the value is, and I'm going to donate the money to the American Cancer Society. There.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's that's a proportionate and appropriate uh, compensation there. Yes. Yes. Unless you know where their family is or who their beneficiaries were, and it doesn't sound like you would know that.
9: Yeah, I don't think they even had any family. I think that they wouldn't have offered that to me if they would have had family. I think oh, right. they didn't there. have any family. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I think because it's it's a simple thing. Keep it simple. I. Yeah. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yeah.
9: Great, thank you, I appreciate that. You know,
0: that's the way things uh, happen. Uh, Sometimes it's five or 10 years later and some memory will come up and we will remember what we didn't remember earlier and then we'll just take care of it, yeah, good.
8: And I was calling him for uh, some big book advice one night so I called him at work and he said oh, I can't talk right now call me at home so I called him at home and she answered and we're sort of friends and she goes hi how are you and um I was just really stressed out and I sort of said oh fine I'm just I'm calling your husband back and she goes oh and she just hands the phone over it just it was just kind of I felt like that was kind of rude and that might be a situation where wait, I just
0: wait 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 wait, wait. All right, let's stay with that for a minute. Don't brush it off. So how did you harm her?
8: Um, I felt like that made her feel unimportant.
0: Well, that would be her problem. You didn't call her, you called for her husband. You told her the truth. If she reacted in a way that was negative for her, that's her problem.
8: Oh, okay.
0: So, So yes, that would be, that. that's not even a mosquito. That's a non-issue. You did not harm her.
8: Okay, so I wouldn't go to her and, and talk to her and ask if I impacted you negatively.
0: I personally would recommend that that not be a conversation. That is correct. That, that would be a nuisance conversation. Yeah, okay. You're being overly scrupulous there. You're taking responsibility for things that are not your responsibility.
8: So don't take responsibility for other people's feelings.
0: That's, boy, I'll tell you what, that's a principle to live by.
8: And um, to ask myself, what harm did I do? Is this guilt?
0: That's the single most important question that you can ask. What is the harm? My, My step guide, that was his mantra in this area, and he was ruthless. I would try to explain, and it, it came down to my feeling bad, my feeling guilt, my feeling shame, my not feeling enough. Yeah, I'm my codependency, I, I felt like I had inconvenienced them and it, none of that was true. Okay, okay. But so your question is great. You have a list and, and before you go to the work of uh, having cards and starting to, fill out the cards, you're praying at each of the names to see if in fact, there's any real harm there. And I mean real harm, I don't mean you broke the pencil. No, (laughs) you stole the pencil. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Okay,
8: very good then. Thank you.
0: Yeah, We're still in the ninth step, yeah. No, we're still deep in the ninth step. And I think the last time I asked you to read the material 76 to 83 from the perspective of the ninth step, and then next week I'll cover the balance in more detail with some uh, actual examples from my own experience of making amends. And I'll invite you to bring your examples uh, of amends that you've made and uh, share that with us. So. Let's pray the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thanks, everybody.